For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Oh What A Night, part of the 19 Men Network. Um, today I'm joined by Sean Walsh and Jude Summerfield. How are you fellas? Yeah, very good. Very mate. good. Yeah. No, it doesn't sound good, but they definitely are good. They it, look happy. It's, no, it's nice riding on the crest of a wave of a victory, isn't it? Just being not angry at Spurs. <laughs> Just a very well, it's relaxing a couple of, Saturday. Yeah, it's been a couple <laughs> of weeks since we, since we last chatted. We sort of... The international break is always a lull in our interest slash uh, motivation to sort of carry on uh, talking about football, especially even even when England don't have a game, we manage to sort of avoid football. Um, so it was good to be back on the pitch. Obviously, Saturday, um, Brighton, a good win in the FA Cup. But just before that, we're going to sort of discuss uh, the transfer business that Spurs got done very late in the windows as normal, as tends to be the standard Daniel Levy way of dealing with things. Um, Jude, were you, when it finally ended, you know, whatever, it's 11pm now, isn't it? How did you feel? Uh, well, Sean and I were on the late shift that night and we were just knackered, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so there was no Slack chat about being like, oh yeah, we're going to go win the league. Yeah, we're at it's, it's because It's because Everton waited until about 1am to announce the Delhi deal. Yeah, that was frustrating. We were just yeah. sat on our computers being like, so uh, what about the weather outside, eh? 1am. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, I, I think their business is pretty largely good, to be honest. Um, we'll have to wait and see and um, on whether sending those four midfielders out online on, this, on the same day is going to come back and bite us if we get a few injuries. Um, but the players who left is probably for the best. I probably would have liked Brian Hill to have stayed out of the four mm-hmm. of them, just because mm-hmm. like you send them back over to Spain, it's another completely like Conte said the other day. Actually, it's a completely different competition. Um, he's not going to be able to really adapt if he's sent back on loan over there. But yeah, I think the the, the, the four guys who left pretty positive moves. Um, everyone sort of fell in love with Ben Tanker with one turn. Um, in that FA Cup game, and uh, and yeah, Kulisevsky looks looks interesting. Got an interesting mm. little running gate. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's largely positive for mm. sure. I think just just quickly touching on the outgoings again. I think we should talk about um, what Conte did say in his presser the other day because I thought it was really quite interesting. I th- me and Dan were <laughs> we were messing <laughs> on the side when we were just saying it's like God, this is loaded, isn't it? And he's just. Mm. For anyone who hasn't read Contest quotes by now, I imagine most people who listen to this podcast will have at least got the gist of what happened. Um, Conte was basically just talking about um, how it was, the word he used was strange for four players who had, in, in Delhi's case, you know, at least he'd been here for several years and was worth a certain amount of money at some point. But the other players, and Dombele or Celso Hill, cost Spurs a lot of money in the last 
two and a half years and he was just talking about how there's obviously been some mistakes somewhere along the line in terms of recruitment mm. especially he went in with hill he really kind of said he's a he's a i like him he's a good player but is he suited to the premier league probably yeah. not and you can really tell that and i think i think we all agree i think we this is conte saying what we're all feeling it's just you don't usually see it from the head coach coming about it he did he did want to stress someone someone did ask him you know do you think paratici's doing his job right enough he did he didn't um dig in on him but you could tell that he was just kind of saying um we need to improve and i, I want to help improve this kind of recruitment structure which is well he's, he's not wrong is he <laughs> yeah yeah it's, yeah right. generally think like even when he's spiky um yeah. you can't you kind of like he, he's got a point you you yeah. you was thinking this yourself i think it's different to like say when Mourinho would do stuff and he would just kind of lash out at every, anyone and everyone and you wouldn't even agree with it sometimes. Well, there's a difference, isn't there, between sort of petulance and just speaking mm. speaking your mind. You know, the way Mourinho always seemed to um, frame things was, these are the problems, what can we do? And Conte's attitude seems to be, there are lots of problems, let's try and fix them. Yeah. Or at least let's yeah. address them and, and not pretend that they don't exist. Um, the Brian, Brian Hill one, I think, is a perfect example. Brian Hill was considered lightweight in the Liga. So what 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 were Spurs thinking, especially considering he's going to need a lot of game time to sort of become a first-team player in the Premier League? And so yeah. what they were willing to to sort of spend that time, like nurturing him in the Premier League? Well, clearly and they and weren't. It, it, it's quite annoying because you think like the outlay we spent on this 25 mil plus Lamella. And I think mm. the caveat is that this was this was partly a move to get off Lamella's contract, get sure. someone else to be lumped with that salary. I get that. That's a lot of money to be spending on a player in a advanced like kind of create position that we really need and for him to not be anywhere kind of near ready yet. And I think the comparison I made on Twitter a couple of weeks ago was you look at someone like um, Michael Elise at Crystal Palace yeah, absolutely. who came from Reading he's just come in he has been phenomenal every time that he's played for them and you think I think the good, the good thing about this is because um, you come away from that you think why why aren't we doing more what we did in the past like kind of looking at the championship for their best players there you think about how many have made the leap and then I think Alistair Gold reported on Sunday that Paratici was planning to watch the Nottingham Forest Leicester game because he wanted to get a closer look at um, Brendan Johnson and Jed Spence. So we both had brilliant games. Yeah, yeah. Both awesome. yeah, yeah. But, you, but yeah. you really have to say uh, this, and this is where I think Spurs have been hurt in the past. There might be a few more scouts at the next three or four Nottingham Forest games because they've been watching them from the beginning of the season, apparently. So there might be a few more scouts at the next six, seven, eight, nine. Nottingham Forest games because those two are clearly, clearly good enough to play in the Premier League. And whether it's next year or the year after, I assume they will be there. Um, They're a bit easier the, uh, to like nurture into the Premier League, aren't they? I, don't, I think it's sort of like less of a risk now. You've got players. I mean, not everyone will adapt like, say, Jared Bowen at West Ham. Like sure. they may be near. near but everyone, like a year but or so. Jude, the interesting thing there is everyone could see Jared Bowen could play in the Premier League. Yeah, he was like with Spurs teams. for a while as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Loads of teams are in for him. Um, mm. I think, like, yeah, Spurs seem to have sort of forgotten about that since they signed Dele Alli. I know they got. I think. I think the I know they got Jack Trucker with talent, absolutely yeah. stuffed with it. And I think if you can find a way of picking out the gems, you can, there's there's a real strategy there. But I think also clubs consider 
you know, social following, whether that person is a good marketing asset. Like Brian Hill is the future of Spain, apparently. So even though that it might not work for it might not work for us, there will be clubs that you know this is the new strategy, right? You buy young, so even if it doesn't work for us, it might work for someone else, and people will be willing to take a chance so you can get a return on your investment. Um, let's let's um, talk about Unambele leaving Jude. What do you think it was the right decision to sort of get get him off the get him off the books, get him a, a fresh start? I said fresh start. A similar start back at Leon. <laughs> a restart. Yes. Yeah, literally. Yeah, a restart. I think it definitely was. Um, and actually, like somebody clipped up his performance against Monaco from Saturday <laughs> or Sunday night. I don't know if you guys saw that. I um, saw. And he seemed to um, seem to enjoy himself a bit more out there. Um, he played so, yeah. very well, but as someone quote tweeted, they did lose two 0 They so. did lose two 0 Yeah, <laughs> he he came on when they were two 0 down, so he probably had more right. of a license yeah, of to. To, to thrill so to speak um but yeah look, i mean he he seems to have chatted a lot about wanting to enjoy football again um, yeah and, and you can understand he said i had five managers in two years and look albeit it sounds like he sort of maybe not chuck the hat in but it feels like he felt like he, he needed a, a chance to sort of get his head right again start playing consistently in a role that he wants to play and uh, you know my feeling i think he's I think he's brilliant, and uh, honestly, he, if he goes back to Leon, whether he does or doesn't, I think he'll thrive massively. Um, I think Lacelso. I was less inclined to let Lacelso go. I have to say, I still think there's a very good player there that could work for Antonio Conte. My feeling with that one is something's happened. I don't know if you you agree, Sean. Definitely after the Chelsea instance, sure. Yeah, uh, exactly. something happened between. What, what game? Who did we play before Chelsea? It was the Leicester game. Something between yes. Leicester and Chelsea, where Conte's just like, okay, like this guy isn't part of the future. Um, I think with these two, it's just it is annoying, isn't it? It's just you think because at the time they did look like good deals. You're like, okay, cool. We need it. What do we need? We need someone who could be the successor to Dembele okay and Dombele mm. seems a perfect fit for that we need someone in a more creative mould who will eventually kind of take the keys from Christian Eriksen okay Le Celso seems like he could be someone that does well, that do, so now looking at that Sean do you think that was a good fit though Eriksen for Le Celso because they, they they seem like quite different players they're different but they serve they maybe it was, maybe it was about maybe Le Celso was um, an extra because I know that we did push hard for Bruno Fernandes as well maybe we saw Fernandes as more as the Ericsson replacement yeah but I think you know you just I think the important thing as well like you think in the last few days Steve Hitchens left as well yeah you think absolutely has something gone on there has is that part of it as well is it are we just kind of restructuring a little bit you know is, to give Paratici more control to buy more into this model now rather than what we'd had in the last few years I just honestly I'm just getting frustrated thinking about the mistake i'm getting like conte now i just frustrated <laughs> it is it is frustrating because now he just rocked up yeah that because that transfer window jack clark joe lacelso Nombele, they're all gone Wait, yeah. that's a complete nice. failure and the end that's you know that's a big a bit that was seen as a big window for spurs so um i'd say the main thing that i i, I found found interesting was ericsson was our it was our sort of he was the ticker. He was the guy who 
got Spurs moving across the pitch. His passing range was unbelievable. Like, could pick a pass better than, as well as anyone in the Premier League could at the time. Giulis also doesn't have that. He doesn't have a, a, a passing range beyond quite nice short passing. He don't, didn't switch play, play particularly often. He did. He liked to drive with the ball at his feet more. It just felt like the wrong sort of player uh, uh, now that you can look back on it and sort of go, if that was the like-to-like replacement, it didn't. It, it doesn't really make a ton of sense. Yeah, I um, think Spurs were hoping to get a goal threat from him as well. And absolutely. That has not been <laughs> the case. Well, he, he, had, yeah. he, had he had such a such good season record. at Betis where he scored yeah, like yeah. nine goals, but I think he's only got one Premier League. I think he had one Premier League goal. I think he actually scored a few in the Champions League as well. You remember that, like, that crazy one? Yeah, the Red, the red oh, Star, the yeah. stupid one. Which yeah, eventually yeah. went in. And I think he might have scored in the return or something like that. But yeah, he's just, he's, he's a couple of goals in the FA Cup and Europa aside. Who knows, right? Like, look, Brian Hill's already doing very well at Valencia. He's he's had two very good games, apparently. And uh, Nobele's had a decent showing for Leon, And I'm not sure if... Uh, has Lacelso played yet? I think he had a sub appearance at the weekend. Right. But look, we never know. And I actually think we want these guys to thrive so that at least their, their prices are buoyant going into next summer. Um, yeah, I guess the last one we have to talk about on ter- in terms of exits is Deli Ali. Um, hmm. What was the... I don't know. I'll tell you. When... When I saw that he was going to Everton, one, I assumed it was a loan. I didn't know that at the beginning that they were talking about taking him on full time. And and when I saw that, I genuinely felt really sad. I felt I felt like, oh God, this is the this is like the end it's of the Pochettino era. Yeah, yeah, like this is it done, and we'll stop having the debate about whether he should play, which is obviously a good thing, right, Sean? But like, that is a good thing. What the? Well, then we don't have to talk about that. That anymore. we don't have to talk about. That we don't have to sort of drive True. ourselves crazy. I, I, ultimately, like this window was has been about who does Conte want, and if they're not yeah. going to contribute, then there's no point in them being here. He just wants to work with the ones that need to be here. So Sean, yeah, six I guess months that, ago, that is a good point. If I'd said to you four months ago, who's who's still going to be here at the midfielders Spurs had? Would you have picked Harry Winks? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. I wouldn't have believed that these four would have left either. Yeah, exactly. All of them. It's just so. Uh... It's interesting. Jude, did you feel the same way when you saw that it finally had gone through for Delhi? I felt like I, I felt a twinge of sadness just because you know he's, he's been at the club since what 2015. Um, he he was sort of the the almost the epitome of what was so good about that Poch team. Um, back in the day, you know, they all sort of came through together and it looked like he was one of the big superstars to to thrive under Poch and would go on and make it big. And it's just, I think people sort of take his stats out of, out of context or slag him off a little needlessly. I think the last two seasons is where it's sort of dropped off and he's been um, disappointing. He's obviously had to deal with injuries and um, character assassinations from Mourinho, so that's yeah. He got he got thrown under the bus by Mourinho for no reason. Last season when he played, yeah. he was actually decent. Yeah, so we'll have to we'll have to see. I'm I'm not convinced Everton's going to be the right place for him to turn it around. But you know, like I'm not sure on Frank Lampard as a manager, but he's obviously a, a goal scoring or was a goal scoring midfielder back in the day, and that's what Delhi likes to do. So 
um, yeah, it was just a very, very sad sort of hour or so. That was a little Spurs morning online. <laughs> I, I, I also was slightly shocked by the um, the way that the deal was put together. It's, it's one of the most interesting sort of staggered deals I've ever seen, especially from Spurs. Maybe it's, it seems like more of a lower league or like a player at the end of his career. Do you know what I mean? Like 20 it feels like games. An, it feels like an unofficial sure. loan with hmm. like options slash obligation to buy it's just you get them for free now but you're you're paying later down the line everton you're not getting away with this <laughs> sure <laughs> do you know what the do you know what the exacts are on the deal not like, the exact do you, do you but it does it does it does seem like it's 20 well, periods you yeah, get your first 20 10 or 20 mil yeah and then for 20 periods after play. another 10 yeah everton don't so play 20 games beyond before the end of the season do they so, so. it's 20 and then that's 10 mil right and then it is certain something there's other things that mean it can yeah. go up to 30 40 mil right yeah which is um a bizarre bizarre but it probably makes sense considering that they've got van der beek on loan as well and just a strange club buying two players who play Very want to play the same position and want to do the same thing horrible they did that a few years ago as well than us. do you remember when they signed rooney Carson, and sigurdsson in the same window and it was like we're just going to play FIFA four two three one here. <laughs> Everyone's so sensual. All right. Okay. So look, we're talking about the people who went out. Um, let's talk about the people who came in. Um, Benton Core and Kulisevsky, uh, a Uruguayan international fielder and a, and a Swedish international forward. So um, Benton Core likes to sort of play as a box to box. I've been told by the sort of Serie A. Um, nerds in the office uh, and over the last couple of years have sort of been, been more towards the, the base of a midfield as, as the managers have changed at Juventus and that really hasn't worked for him um, and Kulusevski was young player of the year a few years ago and, and has sort of again not gone off the boil but has become part of the more confused face of what Juventus have come over the last sort of three years. Um, Jude, do you know much about either of these guys? Does either either you know? I'm not. I'm saying I was both excited by both of them, but is there one that, that excites you more than the other? Um, I mean, I'd probably say Kulisevsky because I, I didn't watch loads of Palmer when when he was shredding it up. I caught the odd game, and then when he was doing, um, he was playing for Juventus and doing Ronaldo's running for him. I thought he was sort of an interesting fella to to uh, to have around, and I think he played once or twice of the Euros, but had COVID as well, so wasn't totally sharp. Um, but yeah, I mean, the hope is just that we get another goal threat out of out of someone there. It was interesting that Conte said he could play right wing back as well. Sort of, <laughs> people lost of, their minds over that. That caused a meltdown, <laughs> didn't it? I yeah. was praying he wouldn't say that, but then straight away, like the messages came into Slack, and it was like, oh, crying, laughing emoji. He's going to play right wing back. Nice but, for, for the record. I I would be very surprised if he plays wing back for Spurs. I would be shocked. Isn't, yeah, mainly because he's not very quick. So, but, but isn't that isn't well isn't that misconception, Sean? Isn't that he has a quite a weird gait, but he is moving quite quickly. He, he runs hey, quite... Yeah. He's, he's got a strange running style. I think the reason why Conte would have said he can play wing-back is because apparently this guy runs for days. He like yeah, loves covering ground. He yeah, said he yeah. loves suffering earlier today, apparently. He told Dan that, yeah. He's oh, definitely, definitely just... Um, He's, he's, he's sidled right up to Conte with that comment, has he? Like, <laughs> oh, I love suffering, me. Oh, yeah, I've always loved suffering. Did he say, was it to Dan? Yeah, I think Dan had got out of him, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, 
Sean, do you know do you know much about um, Benton Core? A little bit. I think mm. he, I think that he was at there when we played them in the Champions League, if I'm not mistaken. I think there's a, there's a picture of him on the same pitch as like Dembele. I think don't take don't take my word for that. But I think I'm going to defer to Conte again here because he usually says this best. But these two players, they're of the right kind of profile for a club like Tottenham. They're experienced, but they're young and they still have room to improve, but they can improve mm. the squad immediately. And to come out of the January window of that uh, window, that's largely about opportunity. You know, I think Paratici stressed that a lot when he was talking to Ben the other day. Um, it was always going to, it's always going to be hard to do business. And, you know, we were sat here last week, the last pod we recorded, I think I ended with saying, I, if I were to bet on the deals to come in, it was going to be, Diaz and Amrabat and by the time the pod came out <laughs> Liverpool had already stolen Diaz so <laughs> you know and then when you know if you said the start of the window you're going to get Bentancur and Kulusevski I'd have been like cool fine that improves the squad let's do it so I think we did kind of get lost in the moment of losing out on that Diaz deal but these are two good players these are two players who don't make Spurs worse who don't make our situation worse and when you look at the teams around us what they did in the window particularly a club like Arsenal we've strengthened where they've kind of stood still and they haven't had the chance to make improvements. They haven't had those same opportunities that we have. So that's really good for us. And I think I've come out of this window feeling like it's a seven or eight out of 10 when I didn't think that was going to be the case a week ago. Yes, I know. Well, look, so I think what, what we can say with the incoming deals is that they've drastically improved the squad. Would you say that? I think I think it's it's instantly improved the attack and given us another option up there with goals, and it's instantly improved the midfield. No matter what people say about Spurs' midfield, yeah, that's the thing. It gives us different options now. We needed those yeah. kind of profiles. We needed a a runner in Bentancur, and we needed like a left-footed, almost like almost kind of the way that Bale played last year. You know, yeah, like not not massively quick, but just someone with that kind of whip and technique that will. Bring, bring something different to our attack. We needed these kind of players. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, I guess the other thing is that it's, it's, it's what Conte asked for and in the end, that's what Conte got, which which is, it's it's nice to sort of at least feel like he got something that he wanted. He seemed happy, didn't he, afterwards? He seemed like at least, yeah, I've got a couple of quality players in and now the aim clearly, clearly is to get into the top four before the end of the season, which, which is... Uh, absolutely within our grasp, right? And and so is the FA Cup, which we'll come on to now. Um, a really, really um, solid performance against Brighton on Saturday night. 3-1 win at, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, let's start. We're going to do the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful, as, as always. So, Jude, we will start with the good. Where would you like to start, mate? Um, I think... Uh... If we're saving uh, maybe our striker for the beautiful, I think we should chuck Romero in the good. Although I do think he was exceptionally good and could be in the beautiful. But let's go with him in the good because he was just eating fellas up all day long. The way he just spots danger, um, came out of the line and cleared cleared lines, uh, making interceptions, bringing the ball forward. It's just something Spurs have missed so desperately in the last well since he got injured and like. Or was it November? It was ages ago. He's not played, and we've had to we've had to see other players take up those roles. But he looks like a properly transformative midfielder. 
um, defender, sorry. And um, yeah, he was fabulous against Brighton. Brighton sort of played into that into their hands a little bit because they didn't have any physical presence up front, really. And uh, anytime more pace sort of miscontrolled, the defenders were all over it. But yeah, he was he was immense on Saturday. Mm. Sure. Did, did did you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, I'll say to Jude before we started. Um, I was being on Saturday, so I was only like watching stuff on my phone. But everything that I did see from Romero was, we've missed this. We missed having a mm. defender like this. I think the part of the comparisons I did see with him was people were saying, um, we need to be careful because it, that this seems a lot like the first season that Davison Sanchez had had with us when he was. You know, he came into that seventeen eighteen team. He was quick and aggressive and really on the front foot. And I think that initially that kind of, because I'm quite, I put a lot of stock on what other people think sometimes. I'm just like, oh, what if they're right? What if it could fall off? But I, I, I thought, I've gone away. I've thought about it. I do think that there are some major differences between Sanchez in his first season and Romero here. Mainly the, yeah. Mate, first thing, Sanchez was playing with probably the two so best centre-backs in the league at the time. Jan so yeah. <laughs> I think that, that, that probably helped. Second, I think, there is a seniority in which Romero carries himself, that he believes that he is the yeah. best defender there, that he will make sure things don't go wrong himself. And I think that's such an important kind of intangible tab. And I think that'll be better as well when Dyer's back, because as much as I don't really, I'm not Dyer's biggest fan, I do think this season he certainly stepped up in that regard. And I think having yeah. two of those defenders like that would be a huge help to us. I'd say as well on, on that point, Sean, that... Um, he won the Young Player of the Year in Serie A, and then he went away and won Copa America with a with an Argentina defense. That's you know not it's, it was him and Ottomendi. It's historically bad. Obviously, he never have good defenses. Yeah. Do they? Exactly. I mean, look, it's better than it once was. It? Don't get me wrong. I understand that, but like that's a that's a player who is a is a cut above. And Davinson Sanchez was a highly rated player in the Dutch league who was sort of breaking into. The, the Colombian squad, like it's, it's not the same level, is it? Realistically, um, I was I, me and Ben were chatting about this morning actually, and I, I was saying I actually can't remember the last defender that was that proactive in going to 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 read the ball and get there. And he's probably yeah, a young young Patonga was very good at reading the reading the game, but he wasn't. He's nowhere near as quick as Romero, and Romero loves uh, getting there early, getting to a man early, and also he, he's so confident on the ball. It's so different to the, our other defenders who all look terrified in possession. Um, yes, I, can, I cannot wait for Ferret Dyer to be back so he can go back to right centre back and sort of get on the ball a little bit more and play, 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 play. <laughs> um, cool. Any, anything else for the good, Sean? Any, anything else you'd like to add? Uh, I think we'll get, we'll get on to Kane, but I, I think Son's yeah. run for the third goal. Yeah. You know, they're just that. That I I haven't seen that burst of pace in that kind of situation from him in a couple of years. It probably you know there were shades about that Burnley Gascoigne yeah. Award winner, mm-hmm. and I don't think I've seen it since then. You know, Son's redefined his game a little this season. You know, he's been a bit uglier to watch. You know, he's not as amazing as dribbler as before. He's more yeah. about the goal contribution. So it was nice to kind of have that throwback where he's taking defenders on, he's beating them, and he's just driving into dangerous positions on himself. So I thought that was really encouraging to see. Yeah. Bit old Son and Kane, wasn't it? it kept Son causing the, the chaos and, and Kane scoring the goals. Yeah, yeah. I, re- I, I totally agree. I th- having Romero and Son back makes Spurs 
an immeasurably better football team and a better team to watch as well. I thought that that run, I, I remember I messaged you, Sean, saying, I just feel like Son recently has looked really tentative, like every the ball's sort mm. of getting stuck under his feet. And I think it was actually tiredness, to be honest, just, you know, where your, your, your mind's not moving as quick and they were doing... They were doing double sessions over Christmas to get up to where Conte wanted them. And this injury has actually been a bit of a blessing uh, just so that he can rest his body for a couple of weeks. So definitely Son, definitely Romero. And let's move on to the bad. Now, I'm not sure there are that many bad things, um, Jude, but maybe you can start me with one and and we'll see where we go. I think there was anyone who really stunk up the joint to be honest um i mean i don't think lucas was particularly effective but like if you've got kane scoring beautiful goals then it doesn't really matter as much um i'd say maybe they they lost a bit of a attacking fluidity when a, a few players went off and um oh I'll tell you what was ugly. Um, that, <laughs> that, um, that, that, Bergvine, <laughs> that Bergvine miss um, that yeah. uh, Kulisevsky teed up for him because you, you, you just want... Um, if Steven could just get a little bit of consistency in front of goal going, then that will just do his, his confidence so much good and he'll start to push on and become an even better player and uh, a, a more regular contributor to Spurs, which isn't... He's, he's just very moments at the moment. And seeing that mm. one just sail over was, was pretty pretty wretched but I think apart from yeah. that like they were they were pretty solid Spurs yeah well, I have, but, a, good, you know I have we'll, a good ugly as well actually. we'll stick the bad and the ugly together because I don't think there was a ton I thought I thought, Brighton, yeah. I thought Spurs were pretty good so go on go on Sean um I think you'll test this as well, because I remember you posted a tweet about it like what the hell is this scheduling 8 p.m on a Saturday night <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> yeah, but I, I I I did a shift swap because I thought I'd be able to go with some friends Turns out that they had other plans at that night. So if it was like 3 p.m. kickoff or the lunchtime kickoff or whatever, even even an early evening kickoff, 5.30, that would have been fine. 8 o'clock, you've ruined my plans. Dear Lord, what a sad little life, Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> well, not Tottenham. It's not, I say that back. That's not Spurs' fault. Yeah. And look, and I, to, to, to that note, Sean, I quite enjoyed that the Premier League just went, why don't we just fucking bang a game in at 6pm? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. And no one did notice. It was 0-0. Yeah, I mean, it was a dreadful, dreadful game. There was nothing <laughs> that we need to talk about here. But I did just think, like, at the moment, the Premier League are literally going, well, where can we just fu- just fucking put some more football in? Anywhere. Anywhere. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Just put it in anywhere. Um, so, yes, that was quite ugly. Um, uh, how, how do you think Emerson played, Sean? Or Jude, that's an, an open-ended question. Jude, 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 you probably saw a lot more of him than I did when I, than I, when I was just looking down at my phone. Yeah, I, I think he was better to be fair, um, mm. because there there have been a few occasions on this pod where, well, I was going to say we, where I've sent for him because he's been shit, um, <laughs> and he's he deserved the sending for. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you got to be fair and balanced. And if he's bad, he's bad. If he's good, he's good. And he was good on Saturday, so. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was an interesting goal he, he contributed to, but um, he seemed to just play with a bit more freedom up and down the right. He was getting across to like the left wing at some spots, and mm. um, it was an interesting little move. And Spurs seemed to pick him out, and 
he, his crossing's still not completely there, but you know, he played a large hand in That's the goal. That's generous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got just... he's gone away, it resulted in another goal. He's like, Yes, genius. Yeah. Yeah. His, his celebration was a bit interesting as well. It's just sort of yeah. like, well, you know, let's let's have like it was it, I felt very very Roy Keane at that moment, like play well for like five, <laughs> six months and then start. You'll do yeah. your job. It's, it's your job, yeah. <laughs> like do that for five, six months and then you know. Start pointing at your at your chest, but yeah, he was he was good. But yeah, the challenge is to keep going over a period of time. So we'll see. Yes, definitely, we will see. All right, okay. So look, all in all, we thought very good performance or, or good performance where Brighton didn't really have a ton of chances, which is which is always quite nice to see. As Brighton have really turned up against some of the bigger teams recently. Um, one player I did want to, I thought East Pursuing was just brilliant uh, again, like one that Spurs should consider as going forward. Um, right, we can wax Liverpool about Harry Kane now. Uh, <laughs> dude, what a, that, that, what a guy. that first goal, um, where he sort of, it's, it's basically what, what Kante would want to be seeing, right? Winning the ball in really dangerous areas and quickly turning it over and then giving it to the guy who's yeah. one of the best finishers in the world. Yeah, get the ball really quickly to, to Kane. Um, and if like he can he can make that impact in the first 15 20 minutes I thought scoring early was massively important against mm-hmm. Brian because the more the more they sit in the more confidence they get and you can sort of feel that you know while Brighton draw a lot of games it's because you know they'll go one nil down and then they'll peg another team back and then they'll they'll nick a point from it or something like that so to get the early goal and then to double it afterwards is really really important for Spurs but um, the way he just like sets the ball out and curls it into the far corner, it's just, it's just so so good. It just seemed like proper Harry Kane is is back now. We'll obviously see how he goes on uh, on Wednesday against Southampton and then Wolves. Um, but that's the sort of goal that you sort of look at and then think, yeah, he's back. And then the scrappy one as well. So he's he's scoring mm. all sorts of goals. So you think, let's get a few more in the prem now and and keep and keep going on. Yeah, sure. The, the, that first goal, that, I, all I could think was that's Pete Carey came for me. Yeah, because, just um, just as far in the corner as you can probably wish for it to be. I remember you, you, it felt like proper like 2015 or 16 vibes where every time you just got that ball, just quick shift out of the foot, lace it around, bang. And I think the promising thing is in the last couple of weeks when we've got when he was so good against Leicester, he was so dominant. And now we have this one as well. It's like, he's still there. He's still, he's looking sharper again. He's looking dominant again. And I think that's such a big thing to have. I, I think I said when Conte first got appointed, when people were talking about, um, oh, Spurs should have just sold Kane. What were they doing? And it was just like such a, a, a take that's going to age horribly because this guy is still one of the best in the world. And we would never have got anywhere near replacing him. Yeah, so it's just, obviously, you know, you had to kind of play his way into fitness and form this season. But now, you know, would you would you really want to bet against him reaching, say, the 20-goal mark in the Prem this season? Probably not, because he just looks so determined. He looks like he's bought into everything that Conte has really kind of preached to the team. He looks like he's just having a good time again. I think that's a really important thing. Mm, he's almost he's almost doubled the amount of shots he's having on target, and almost doubled mm. the amount he's getting um, getting off in the game anyway. And that for me is 
it's what I want to see how he can do it. I love, I, I think Kulisevsky was sort of chatting about him after the game saying he's just so good. Like he's just, he, the way he controls the game, he's so both footed. He can, his passing range is crazy. It's, it's interesting when you hear other footballers sort of go, God, he's bloody good, isn't he? <laughs> he's <better than laughs> the rest of it. It's like when everyone went off about Dembele, wasn't it? They were just like, yeah, this guy's yeah. a joke. Yeah. Um, and, and, and like you said, Sean, I, I don't think anyone will bet against him getting up in and around the golden boot in the last three or four He's months. coming for that golden boot. He knows <laughs> Salah's crying about AFCON. He's ready. <laughs> how many, obviously he scored quite a lot in non, um, non-league games recently, but how many, that must have been quite a few, he must be on like six or seven now for the season. That's, yeah, and Salah's on in, so. in the Premier League, how many is on in, in the, the Premier League? In the Prem, Harry six. Kane has scored five goals. Ah, might be might be a little bit too far. <laughs> he, um, he could do it. I believe. I believe in him. Well, if he's look, fit and healthy, I believe. Have, in Southampton him. have always been very generous with giving Harry Kane goals in the past. So, um, so we'll see. I, th- I think. I think. Dude, just to, we'll just quickly sort of chat about how you thought the new boys performed. Um, Benton Core, that was. Um, uh, yeah, I felt like everyone got slightly carried away by um, a nice bit of footwork around the area. Did how did you feel? Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, I was I was obviously sold straight away. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, like like Michael Scott, I'm ready to get hurt again, uh, <laughs> just like in Dumble and La Celso. But yeah, I mean, we can you know, it was, it was a nice sort of 10, 13 minutes. But you also went around hacking uh, anyone you could see during that during that 10, 15 minutes. Um, so, and they got burnt. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I liked what I saw from from his brief 15 minutes and um, it'll be interesting to see how he progresses and whether whether him or Kulisevsky gets the nod against Southampton on Wednesday. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a, a, a solid little opening and looking forward to seeing what he can do in the next few games. Hmm. And, and Sean, did you see much of Kulisewski, you know, we the, the the brilliant thing about football Twitter these days is that <laughs> when you get a new signing, there's a compilation up within about thirty seconds of their <laughs> of their first game. I don't know if you saw much of Kulisewski. Yeah, I saw a little bit. Um, mm. Just what we said before, it's very technical mm. rather than like a pacey kind of outlet. So, um, yeah, I think. Do you th- like? I think the thing going forward is: Do you think? he's going to start ahead of someone like Lucas or do you think this is purely like he's going to be the first guy off the bench kind of thing? I always wondered how much Conte liked Lucas. Um, not to say that he, he maybe he does, but I just, I just wondered because it always felt like when you were hearing the, the players we were linked with, it felt like Lucas was sort of there to be replaced out of the two of, out of the three of Son, Kane and Lucas. Um, and, and obviously Spurs fans are kind of split on him. I just feel like Kulisevsky comes in as a player who unlike Brian Hill, it shouldn't take him ages to sort of acclimatise to, to mm. one, the physicality and two, the speed of the game. I think he actually said in his comments yesterday that, or it might have been today as well, that um, it's quick and it's all about physicality and being as fit and as physically fit as you can be. You know, people have said the Premier League less tactical than La Liga and Serie A. And so I think his body type the way that he plays is probably more fit to 
to Tottenham in general or the Premier League in general. So, yes, I actually think he'll get a fair amount of game time. That being said, he's 21, right? So he's young. And there's there's no hurry because we've got him for eighteen month loan, right? It's it's a long loan, and they're with an obligation to buy. So there's plenty of time to decide, to sort of bed him in, and and not. And it, the, I think the great thing about a player like Kulusevski is he comes in as, and no one's really expecting him to just go straight into the team, and he's not he's not going to be the right. You know, he's not this big signing where there's all this pressure. It's like we've got him. He's a good squad player. He improves us. He might not play every game. And the pressure shouldn't be too big on him to like be bagging tons of goals, which there was in the past with like Ndombele and Lo Celso, for instance, who came in with these massive price tags and everyone thought they were going to completely revolutionise Tottenham and, and they just didn't really. And I think both those signings are a sign of a different strategy. Um, Luis Diaz would have been <laughs> the sort of Globo signing. And I think we all sort yeah. of wanted that because it's fun signing those brilliant being played, but it didn't work out. Um, right, so we have Southampton on, on Wednesday, then Wolves on Sunday. Um, what we'll probably do is come back next Monday and, and wrap them both up for, for you. Um, so thanks for listening. Make sure to leave a review, five and five stars, if, if you haven't already. Uh, make sure to follow all the guys on social media and make sure to follow our account on Twitter, O1Nightpod, um, where we will be little chat updates means you know the general good stuff um anyway yeah thanks for listening and we'll see you soon Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.